0: Thank you, Sheila Weidenorf. What a delightful prelude. That was delicious. Thank you very much, and welcome to Trinity. Good morning. It is uh, another Sunday after Pentecost today. We're going to talk a little bit about relationships, and you have some uh, delightful musical adventures this morning as well. And um, Pastor uh, Pastor Tom is here to bring us the message, and... uh, you were invited into this space this morning. So glad you're here today. Um, the first reading is from Philippians, and John Michael Talbot sent uh, sent, that, uh, sent that message to uh, this music. And uh, it's always good to hear, in my mind, it's always good to hear the message in different ways. So this is a different set of words than you'll hear when it's read later on. So this is the Philippians canticle. Kind of invite you into the space this morning into the mind of Jesus. And if there
1: be, therefore, any consolation, and if there be, therefore, a comfort in his love, and if there be, therefore, a fellowship in spirit, if any tender mercy and compassion we will fulfill his joy and we will be like-minded we will fulfill his joy we can dwell in one accord and nothing will be done through striving or vain glory we will esteem all others better than ourselves. This is the mind of Jesus. This is the mind of our Lord. And if we follow Him, then we will be like-minded. In all humility, we will offer up our Though in the form of God he required no reputation, and though in the form of God he required nothing but to serve, and in the form of God he required only to be human and worthy to receive, required only to give. This is the mind of Jesus This is the mind of our Lord And if we follow him Then we will be like-minded In all humility We will offer up our Lord In all humility we.
2: Good morning welcome to worship this morning it is uh good that we are here together uh the altar guild uh, beat us here they have set the table for us and we're sharing holy communion and the bell choir is here dressed in black and will be uh sharing their music with us we so appreciate all of our musicians uh hello to all those online including uh, viv who's in idaho who's are going to watch grandpa preach today hear grandpa's good word And uh, we're honored by the presence of all those who join us online, a wide community that are part of the church as well. The order of service is printed before you in the bulletin. Everything will be projected for you as well. If it's comfortable, I would invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn, come all you people, come and praise the most High.
0: Inviting you into the uh, language of the wider church. We'll begin with (laughs) Uya Imose Tina Matemwari.
2: prayer the Kyrie eleison Christ have mercy Lord have mercy on us really a prayer as well as we enter into God's space. Open the eyes of my heart. Be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we have come to this place of grace. The doors are open. The table welcomes all. The people of God gather. We are somewhat broken and somewhat whole. We're simple humans seeking a word of promise, of hope, a new beginning, a fresh start. Open the eyes of our hearts to your word to your Holy Spirit, that we might be set free and that we might be inspired to live as Jesus taught us, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
3: The first lesson is from the second chapter of Philippians. If then there is any comfort in Christ, any consolation from love, any partnership in the Spirit, any tender affection and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you not look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him even more highly and gave him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name given to Jesus, every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. To God, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work on your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord. Good morning, good
4: so, the bell choir is going to do something just a little bit different today than we usually do. So, We could say that we're gonna make music, but I posit that maybe none of us ever makes music. Music is, music is a gift of the spirit and it comes through us, and there's many ways that that happens. Sometimes we prepare repertoire for music scores, and a music score is not music, it's a treasure map that points the way, and that's one delicious way to get at the music but really we're tuning ourselves to allow something to happen. Now, another way to allow the music to make us um, is to just open our hearts to whatever might be. Now, I need to explain some of this. Part of this is really practical. We started the bell choir year with two of our dear members having significant health issues, so they've not been able to join us yet. And we have two new members, um, and welcome, Marilyn. Your first time with us today um, but one of those new members is also traveling making it really hard to grab a treasure map and work up a score so we decided to take that alternate route today we're going to start by sharing uh the prayer with which we begin and close every rehearsal which is just a, a bell prayer and it's not about pitch and it's not about rhythm it's about resonance so when we start with that prayer We as bell ringers are trying to experience that holy resonance and give it up to God. So I'm going to invite you to share in that. But we're going to go right from our prayer into a collaborative creation. So sit back and enjoy the ride.
5: several years ago when I was on sabbatical in Rome I would look forward to Sunday mornings the most, I lived in a Carmelite house four blocks from St. Peter's and the bells you could feel it that is the first time I've had that feeling come back, thank you very much that was a great gift to me I appreciate it, thank you so much see Viv I told you I'd get someone to say hi to you Pastor Jim it's written in my contract. I got a five-year-old granddaughter. I get to greet her. I get Pastor Jim to help me do that. So, thanks for being there. God is good. All the time. God is good. I think uh, most of us would find it rather abhor- abhorrent to be accused of idolatry. I mean, that would—that just—it's so base. It's so no. But that's exactly what I had a fellow pastor accuse me of, idolatry. Now, I know Luther's small catechism. I even opened the large catechism a couple times. So to be accused of idolatry was rather, well, I was miffed, to say the least. So he handed me a piece of paper with a one-frame cartoon, and it looked like this. Now, this is my rendering my memory, so don't grade me on my art. But it was, it was very, what was very obvious was it was a one-room cabin that had burned to the ground and nothing was left except the stone fireplace and chimney. So I said, okay, what's your point? I, I I don't get it. Now I'm more than a little miffed at this whole conversation. So my friend hands me a second copy of the very same picture, but he had drawn this, the altar of integrity. I knew immediately what he was talking about. I had allowed myself to become embroiled in a power struggle in my parish with one of the parishioners, and my integrity was being questioned. Now, you just have to understand that though the lessons from my father were were few, one of them that was drilled into me was Your word must be your bond. A handshake should be sufficient. You must always act with integrity. So, to be accused by a fellow pastor of lacking integrity in a moment hurt. Except, I knew immediately what he was saying by this cartoon, what he was trying to say to me. Later on, I, I flashed on a proverb wounds from a friend can be trusted. Now, he was correct. I may burn the house down in my relationship with this man in the parish, but I would have my integrity. I had broken the first commandment. Integrity had become more important than my life in Christ with this person. Fascinating. A fascinating learning lesson for me on how seductive is idolatry. I had given up on love with this person, But I claimed my integrity. One can even idolatrize values, values that would normally be considered critical for healthy relationships. But uh, integrity had become more important than my life in Christ with him. I remember very well the day I said to him, You have been the better Christian, and I'm sorry. This kind of leads us into the gospel lesson, the 21st chapter of Matthew. Now, it's been a busy few days for Jesus. It was only yesterday that he entered this itinerant preacher, prophet from the hinterlands of Galilee, a place called Nazareth. He had entered into Jerusalem to the triumphant calls of the people, to a chorus of Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. In the highest, cloaks and palm fronds had been littered the street for Jesus' triumphant entry. Hosanna! Which means, save us. Save us. Save us from who? Save us us from what? It's irony, isn't it, that those who were watching his triumphant entry were the representatives of the temple and of Rome. Save us. From who? If that was not enough to force the attention of those in power, Jesus had entered the temple by way of overturning the money changers table and then pushing over the tables that contained the sacrificial doves that were to be offered up by the people. Jesus' charge? You have made God's house of prayer a den of robbers. That was a literal charge. You see... Roman coin, the coin of commerce, was considered impure and could not enter into the temple. So money changers would exchange Roman coin for temple coinage at a higher price. They would mark up their sale. And then when it came time to purchase the doves, the people who wanted to purchase the doves, the faithful people to make sacrifice, that was marked up as well. So quite literally, quite literally, it had become a den of robbers as the temple authorities were making money off those who came out of faith just to make sacrifice. You have made God's house a den of robbers. But now it's the next day. Jesus had left the city the night before and had gone to Bethany, presumably to spend the night to stay with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. But now it's early the next day and he's come back into Jerusalem and he has taken over residence. In the temple, you know, keep in mind, you have made this a den of robbers. There's a lot more than talking about a church bazaar, it's talking about those in authority stealing from the poor. Jesus has entered the temple, he's healing, he's teaching. When he is now confronted by the chief priests and elders with a $64,000 question By what authority do you do these things? Who gave you this authority. It's as if they feel like Jesus is sticking his finger in their chest. You see this was this was more than money changers, tables being overturned. At the heart of the question, at the heart of the question was the authority of the temple. Hundreds of years of tradition and cultic expression of their faith was now being summed in this question, who gave you this authority? This was the house of Israel. Hold on, it gets better. Jesus responds according to rabbinic tradition. I'll answer your question if you answer mine. And he asked them a question about John's baptism. Was it from heaven or was it from men? Now, it's a classic double bind. No matter which way they answer, they will condemn themselves. They will hold themselves as the object of of what's all that's wrong. And so what do traditionally people do in power and they're asked a tough question? They say, huh, I don't know. We don't know. Don't have all the reports in. Haven't studied the evidence. You know, I'm uh, waiting, you know, for judgment. They say, we don't, we don't know. The house of Israel is going to, in less than 40 years, burn to the ground. At least those in authority, though, will have maintained the altar of their power, but idolatry has a predictable conclusion. The temple, the forever sign of the house of Israel, will be left in smoldering rubble. The temple that looks like this will become that. Now, Jesus had declared eminent domain over the temple. His presence was filling the house of Israel. And all the temple authorities could do in response to To the incarnate presence of God and Jesus who is healing and who is teaching is to ask them the question that really is the question that comes to us. By what authority do you do these things? Their altar of power was being shaken by this prophet from Galilee. And their fear was its loss. Jesus was the authority though. His very presence the living presence of God in their midst I had a stamp that I put in the front of all my books you see you remember that you, ink pad you have a stamp you know that whole those good old days it was a practice that I developed a long time ago I, I, I had I, I tended to often just loan books out I would loan books out to people and often often a lot they never found their way back well out of, I just I decided that I wanted to have the last word on this whole thing. I mean, it wasn't that people were malicious, it's just they get busy and unintentionally they put it on a shelf, and 10, 15 years later they pull it off. And when they open up the book of that cover, they see my stamp, which reads, Stolen from Pastor Tom Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. All I wanted was, 10, 15 years down the road, whenever it was, when they opened, was to smile and have a laugh with me. One of my books that I replaced probably a half dozen times was a book by a Japanese Christian named Shuzako Endo. And the book was entitled, Silence. Silence. It not only shaped my faith, that book shaped my life. I think it's been made into a movie three times. Anyways, picture. It's the early 17th century, and Jesuit priests from Portugal are trying to bring Christianity to Japan. Rodriguez, a Jewish priest, receives word from Japan that his mentor in the faith, the one that he always looked up to, Father Ferreira, has committed apostasy. He has renounced his Christian faith. Rodriguez is stunned. He cannot believe that Ferrer would not have chosen martyrdom over apostasy. So he travels to Japan to seek the truth about his friend and mentor, all the while fully accepting what will be his own martyrdom that he is prepared to experience, the glory of his own martyrdom. He will experience no matter how heinous, no matter how cruel, no matter how brutal, he will gladly submit to martyrdom rather than apostatize, renounce his faith. He prays for courage and faith sufficient to meet his fate. But his Lord is silent. In the end, he is given a choice to recant, to commit apostasy, or to suffer his fate. All he has to do is there is a wood relief of the Christ carved in the floor. All he has to do is drag his foot over. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to verbally express uh, renouncing his faith in Christ. Just drag your foot over it. But he refuses. He claims his faith. His faith in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. He will not do this. So he's taken back to his semi-comfortable cell. He's fed with a decent meal. And he's left to sleep. There is no torture. Except for the horrible scene the next morning as he looks out his window and he sees many from the village simple people, peasants who had converted to Christianity brutalized, brutally killed hideously tortured in front of him. So it happens again later on. He is brought back before authorities. He will not recant. He will not drag his foot across the image of the Christ. He's taken back to his cell, his comfortable cell. He sleeps. He is fed a decent meal. And he awakens the next day to the sounds as he looks out his window, to the horrible torture and dying of people of faith. Must others suffer for his altar of martyrdom? So he is taken before the authorities again, and this time he drags his foot across the relief. And as he does it, the silence is broken, and he hears the voice of his Lord, Tramp. 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 For this, too, I was born to carry a cross. Let it be understood that by contrast, the God who saves us, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Jesus Christ, is a God who is caught up in the world and who redeems us from within the world, who redeems us from the altars of our own idolatry. For the God of the Bible is the God of relationship. And the only adequate response to The grim facts of a precarious world is to be in relationship with abundant love. This relationship calls, though, for an honesty from us on our part. While we carry within us, we truly do, the divine spark of God's love, we must be honest enough to admit that we have a genius for messing it up. There's a reason the first commandment concludes with, have no other gods before me. However unintentional, the number one way we commit apostasy is by making false altars to the gods of materialism, human values, and the offenses of others against us. For for these two, Jesus carried his cross. So, my friends, remain in relationship with God. Ours is not a God of altars, but a God of relationship. And the witness to that is, is our Lord chooses, the real presence of our Lord chooses to meet us in relationship this morning in bread and wine. Live in abundant love. Oh, one last thing. If you come across someone who's got one of my books, tell them to keep it. I'm good. God is good? All the time. All the time.
1: The street. A baby cries, a mother weeps. But love is wide and mercy's deep. God looks for us with longing eyes around the world, across the street, around the world, across the street. A baby Love is wide and mercy's deep. God looks for us with longing eyes around the world, across the street. Around the world we see the same stars. Across the street we share a broken heart and the wave that starts with me travels far beyond the sea to share the maker's love around the world around the world across the street a baby cries a mother weeps but love is wide and mercy's deep god looks for us with longing eyes around the world, across the street, God looks for us with longing eyes around the world, across the street, God looks for us with longing eyes around the world, across the street.
2: see that Sandy's going to lead us uh, in the prayers. Each petition will end God, our help and our hope and our response. Hear our prayer.
3: Called to be your people, God, in our varied places of service, we call on you. Emmanuel, God with us, We know you are with us every day and in every circumstance. We give thanks for your unfailing companionship with us and for the consolation of your love. God, our help and our hope. God, let us be of the same mind as Jesus and revive us to live as Christ's body in the world, a people who pray, worship, learn, break bread, heal neighbors bear good news, seek justice, confront systems of oppression, rest and grow in the spirit. Wherever we gather, unite us in common prayer and send us in mission, that we and the whole creation might be restored and renewed. God, our help and our hope. God of justice and God of mercy, as we are tempted to cast stones in our lives, call us to Jesus' revolutionary love, that we might step back from the brink, restrain our stones and our tongues, and see the holiness of all in the face of our adversaries, that we might be a voice for peace, hope and understanding. God, our help and our hope. God of compassion. Be close to those who are ill, afraid, or in isolation. In their loneliness, be their consolation. In their anxiety, be their hope. In their darkness, be their light. Comfort all who grieve the loss of a loved one. God, our help and our hope. God of joy, as the days of another summer fade into memory, let us rejoice in creation and give thanks for the beauty and changing landscape that surrounds us. We hold in our hearts those who have suffered the effects of this changing climate. As the winds weaken and the smoke clears, as we see signs of new life on the branches of Lahaina's 150-year-old banyan tree, let us renew our efforts to assist those who have lost loved ones and livelihoods and work for a just restoration of your creation. God, our help and our hope. Hear, our prayer. Hear these prayers, O oh God, and all those left unspoken, and lead us into lives of faith and reconciliation as we live to serve you. Amen.
2: The peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. I invite you to stand up and share the peace with one another. Thank you for sharing. After service, uh, take that good energy, take that good energy right over in the gym, time of coffee, cookies, fellowship, Uh, together, uh, make the most of that time, get to know somebody maybe that you don't know. We have visitors every week, so keep an eye open, and introduce yourself, uh, have a conversation, Uh, It's an important time for us together. Lots of announcements in your bulletin each and every week, so we'd really encourage you to read through those um, as you uh, have an opportunity to read through those, plug in, uh, ask questions. Um, This, uh, in the coffee hour today, uh, we have, uh, um, I had the book, and it's in my office, I guess. uh, Gems of TLC. Uh, Go and see, we have an amazing photographer. There's a picture of the book, since I forgot to bring mine with me. Uh, Gems of TX, there's a brand new book. uh, Photographer Judy pictures, and Judy and uh, author Jan Wright uh, put their heads together, did lots of research, and there are lots of interesting um, uh, information in this book. Not just beautiful pictures, but also information. Yeah, bring it forward, Jan. I can hold up for them, even though they see it. But... um, it's it, it, like hidden mysteries like why are there two candles up here and not three like what do the tiles mean down below here uh so you can come in they're going to be in the in the uh, gym and they'll be there in the next few weeks but you can see them this morning take a look at these books they have them for sale over there as well all the money goes to charity so uh would encourage you to take a look at that uh, really uh, quite wonderful thank you jan and judy uh, for that as well uh, funeral this afternoon uh, 2 o'clock for Pastor Dennis, uh, Pastor Dennis Hansen, 2 o'clock. So right back here at the church. We had a funeral yesterday for Don Scriven. And just thank you to all the people who provided Hospitality and Service uh, for those services. It really means a lot as well. And Andy, you had a funeral announcement as well. Next Sunday, 1 p.m. at Hillside. Okay, very good. Thank you. Andy's hanging around after service. You can talk to him about that as well. Uh, next Sunday, chocolate. Anybody like chocolate? Chocolate Sunday, next Sunday. And I think uh, Deacon Amy's going to come up too. Start working on those chocolate desserts.
6: Kinds of goodies. And then at the 11 o'clock service next Sunday, we're having our blessing of the animals. It's been a couple years since we've done this. It's always a wonderful morning um, in uh, commemoration and celebration of St. Francis of Assisi. This is St. Francis Day. We're celebrating a blessing of the animals. So we invite you to bring your well-behaved pets to worship at the 11 o'clock service, and we will bring them all up front for a blessing and a treat. Uh, We also have flyers on the table in the narthex. Uh, this orange one has all the activities for children, youth, families. Lots of great things going on this month, and then we have our Sunday Forum flyer. Sunday Forum is at 9:30 in the Fireside Room down the hall, and this morning we're talking about reading Romans backwards, a gospel of peace in the midst of empire. So this is talking about a uh, a book from Scott McKnight, and an interesting new take on the Book of Romans. So. Um, Lots of great things going on. Check out the flyers and see what's coming up. Thanks. All
2: right. Thank you, Deacon Amy. Appreciate that. Um, let's see. Ann Werbach, you have a birthday today? I thought that was you behind the mask, but happy. Let's sing, let's sing to Ann. Uh, Doug's a singer. You can lead us, Doug. <laughs> A word about uh, two, two things. After the service, if you have your wearing the colors, a lot of Cougar fans here today, I notice. Uh, the Cougars, the Huskies, worry, come on up after the service, take a quick picture uh, as we have kind of a collection of these from a lot of different times during the year. So if you've got those team spirit uh, sweatshirts, come on up after the service. Word about Holy Communion? All are welcome. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter if you've ever worshipped the Lutherans doesn't matter how long you've been wandering in the wilderness. You're back here today, and there's only one host, and that's Jesus. We just set the table. We just work here, and Jesus invites you to come. So the ushers will help you to come down the center aisle, the little Jordan River there, our baptismal font. Uh, hold out your hand to receive the host. you receive the body of Christ. Hold on to it momentarily, and then you'll tink it into the chalice. All the chalices have uh, grape juice today, so don't worry about that. Uh, but most importantly, now that you are always welcome. As we transition now to the table, I would invite you to stand. Gathered here in this holy place, around this holy table, we remember that our parents and our grandparents were welcomed here, and so are we today. And Christians across the globe of many colors and denominations will gather around this table to find their common unity, their community, In the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and so we remember a Thursday night in an upper room it was Holy Week it was the night in which he was betrayed and on that night our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body given for you do this for the remembrance of me and again after supper he took the cup and gave thanks He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we are reminded that Jesus Christ is present with us, truly present. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven. gifts of God for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Amen. Fed and forgiven. Fed and forgiven, go forth from this place of worship. Go out those doors and find your place of service. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And our sending Him, uh, give us your vision.
0: You'll recognize the melody. It's Be Thou My Vision, just a slightly different set of words.